0: welcome back Vaccine. i'm steve and uh joining me is adam myros myros do you think you're on santa's naughty list or nice list this year
1: uh that's always a complex question i mean i've learned from these films that the answer is nice you know it's for me to know if I've been naughty, but uh, no, if I mean, asked, always say nice.
0: It all that's that's the big takeaway. I mean, again, not a lot of consistency in the Silent Night, Deadly Night series, but if there's one thing you can take away from him, it's when you are asked if you've been naughty or nice, always go nice and say it convincingly. Yeah. you can't bull you can't bullshit a fucking Santa Claus. So, uh, also with us, he's back again. I-, I feel like it's been so long, Jack Easton. How are you? You know I'm I'm doing okay.
2: I'm hopefully I I will also be on the nice list cuz I'm I'm Twitter's best boy. So I think I'll be uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be getting cool presents all kinds of stuff. I'm going to get one of those little electric cars that you can ride around in. Except I guess for me that would just be a Tesla now. So um yeah, hopefully I get one of those uh, not under the tree that would involve a lot of structural damage to my condo. But um mm-hmm. maybe adjacent to my condo would be cool. So, here's hoping. Cool, fingers then crossed. Just... Come on, Santa, you fat and it's, fuck. Uh,
0: it's, it's pretty cold out, too. It's So, I mean, you know, when it lights on fire, you can kind of warm your hands. That's a it. Marshmallow or two.
2: You can go survival mode through the Chicago winter mm-hmm. with the Tesla. You know, that lithium battery just keeps reigniting. There's no putting it out. You just got to walk mm-hmm. away. It is gonna kind of like one of those gifts that's like an obligation, though, right? You have to subscribe
1: to Elon's like monthly map service or something for the next uh, forty years of your life.
2: There's probably some. it's
1: like my, a cool two hundred dollars a month. Just you know, I'm, for like, I'm fine like with that because my service. current
2: my current car, every so often, uh, I we bought the car secondhand, um, and just it's it's every so often, and it always seems to be when I'm driving out of one specific. Uh, supermarket I don't know why and I don't know maybe it's because they have an underground parking garage so we lose reception when you go down there you know the radio cuts out and your phone has no coverage every time I'm leaving that garage it just pops up on the screen subscription updated and you have to hit an okay button to make that go away I have no subscription to anything I have no idea what it relates to I'm not on the hook for anything like, at first I thought, is it satellite radio? Like, did I just inherit the last person's satellite radio subscription and they don't know? But I checked and no, my satellite radio doesn't work. It's on the car. I'm,
1: I'm going to tell you, it's probably, it's probably a goddamn
2: OnStar. You're going to get it on oh, yeah. you glad you have that OnStar. <laughs> it could be. I have no fucking clue. And it just keeps coming up. OnStar and you've got to hit a button to make it go away. It's annoying as hell. <laughs> so frankly, t- can Tesla be worse? The answer is absolutely yes. But theoretically you know maybe it's not as bad as, as it could be you know my previous car never pestered me with this horse shit i, I think,
1: think they, they should just sad. hand over hand tesla over to donald trump you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> listen let me let me tell you my ultimate gamer fantasy okay so i'm driving a tesla that i i own in this fantasy and uh i i, I put it on autopilot because that's what i fucking do and uh there's a child illegally crossing the road my Tesla doesn't stop. I kill the kid instantly. However, this dumb fucking cranium bounces off the hood in just the right way that my lithium ion battery ignites. Okay. Now I have a fire on my car. It hasn't spread yet. And that's okay because the touchscreen display, I'm playing cyberpunk on my fucking Tesla screen. Just, just fucking going off. Right. And then finally I, I start to cough a little bit. The the smoke is, is is seeping into my lungs. And I say, you know what? It's the holiday season and I need to think about someone other than myself. I save my game, I turn it off, I step out of the car, and I I warm the entirety of Chicago's unhomed population around my smoldering vehicle. So, yeah. I think I think, it think would of be, that?
2: I think it would be beautiful image to have a group of people gather around a burning Tesla singing silent night. Yeah
0: it'd be it'd be fucking gorgeous man just yeah just the you know a beautiful clear night sky uh the the twinkle of santa's sleigh off in the distance Myers, are you taking notes on this because this is your next fucking screenplay buddy
1: i got a note i wouldn't use silent night i would i would go with that fucking song from the first film here you know santa's <laughs> coming santa's creeping that's what we need that's what yeah, the whole is gonna be one. singing
0: Did did we confirm that that's not an actual Christmas song? It's (laughs) like an actual like. It's like
1: like, it's written by the same person who wrote all the music for that. You know, my theory would probably be that they just like tried to release a Christmas album. Nobody fucking wanted the thing. And then I would say it's
2: it's grandfathered in and it is a Christmas song now. It's official. We need to put it in the canon with the rest. Like Mariah Carey shouldn't get all the fucking, you know, royalties this
0: season. Yeah. Fuck her. She's got too much money. Yeah. See I, I uh,
2: think Steve, I, you could
1: say that the homeless would be on the warm side of the door.
0: <laughs> the warm side <laughs> of the burning Tesla door. What a great song. You don't want to be
2: on the wrong side of the burning Tesla door when the, the locks <laughs> no, go. Out and the electrics learned. go down and
0: you're trapped inside. Uh, Smash of the OnStar button, but you forgot to fucking it update. So it's just nothing's happening. <laughs> Oh, so wow. we're talking
1: about the dangers of uh, automation now, huh? That's going to be a good transition you've got going. Here. That's right. What, what does our
0: Elon future look like? And uh, you know, he's he's a bit of a toy maker himself. He uh, he Something made that flame a toy thrower. Maker. He Some made have a flame called him
1: pedo. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> some of his favorite one of his favorite toys is well it's not much of a toy it's i mean it's a it's a private jet and then he gets on it and then he he always plays this game with his toy and it's called expose yourself to the stewardess and then pay her a quarter of a million dollars because (laughs) she threatens to go public it's fun we love it we just we have fun isn't the whole
2: thing about this movie though is that the guy makes toys that work yeah,
0: I <laughs> that's true. That's true. There's this movie there's fucked the me up. This is okay, so Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker. Um, and I guess this one is it's it's a little Christmassy twist on the on the murderous toy subgenre. Uh, you know, you you've seen Stuart Gordon's dolls. Uh there's uh I, I don't know, there's there's some fucking other ones that got yeah, killer toys. Uh it's not demonic toys? Mastery. Demonic toys, absolute banger. Uh, now that one that the toys kind of had their own personality, you know. Uh later it was this was watered down for uh the off-maligned but beloved by a young Steve film, uh Small Soldiers, which is dog shit. Don't go watch that. Wait,
2: but, it's small soldiers, um, Joe Dante, J Jonathan Rosenbaum, <laughs> Chris and that like film <laughs> of the decade.
0: Seriously, it's great one. <laughs> I, I may disagree with that but if I was uh, 12 years old again I I 100% would be pumping my fist for that shit.
1: So the Th- real the question is- then is is if this is a Yuzna thing and I know Richard Band he he's not involved in this one but he was involved. He did the score for the previous film. Mm-hmm. How the fuck does this killer toy movie not how did how did Charles Band let this one slip through his grasp?
0: I have no idea because this is the most like full moon ass fucking production (laughs) I have ever witnessed. I was shocked, absolutely shocked when I realized that there is zero full moon involved in this at all. Like every single thing, especially because it takes about like an hour for anything to happen. But once it starts (laughs) happening, it is some straight up fucking like Toy Master full moon shit. This was yeah this uh, is gonna be nasty. like the
1: the common theory uh theme between these two films uh on this episode is if you're hoping to have any idea why anything is happening on screen or, or be guided in any way best of luck to you yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of a lot of powerful decisions were made uh regarding this movie uh starting <laughs> first with uh the casting of Mickey Rooney which I love absolutely oh, yeah. love you may recall a few episodes back, we were talking about the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, the trailer ran during a Green Bay Packers game. Uh, this upset a bunch of mothers, and there was protesting. And eventually, it went national and made the national news. And then, in the realm of celebrity protesters, because you know, if you're a celebrity, you got to have a cause. And apparently, uh, fucking old man Mickey Rooney, his cause was. Uh, <laughs> Hating Silent Night, Deadly Night, just being very vocal about that. Now, wouldn't it then surprise you to learn that Amir, was six years later, seven years later, guess who signed on to be in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5? It's Mickey Rooney, uh, looking disgusting, by the way. <laughs> I am appalled at his appearance. Uh, He, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, put into words what he looks like it's kind of like if if like Michael Berryman was fat as fuck and then someone killed him and then threw him in a fucking like <laughs> polluted river and then after his corpse was all like bloated and fucked up they like dredged the lake and and they pulled him out and 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 then they put him in a Santa Claus outfit and actually it's Mickey Rooney uh, he's this weird like grotesque it's like a Benjamin Button baby child man he's horrifying looking I love him in this movie. He commits fully. He should have done more horror because he's a disgusting man, and I love Mickey <laughs> Rooney. This they is,
1: fucking cracked the code with this. Uh, they they keep dancing around these damn, like, oh, we're going to bring in a name. This time, they let the name carry the goddamn film.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, they did, and, and it's great, too, because it's like, oh, man, how do you know that uh, y- y- your, your villain is a nefarious toy maker? And I think they were going for a shortened version of Geppetto, you know, a little Pinocchio. Yeah, this is a thing, real Pinocchio
1: story. You, you got Pino Jack, and Petto.
0: Yeah, Jack and I had the exact same problem because I, I thought it was like, oh, he's Petto, like pedophile, and Pinot, like <laughs> penis. It's an Italian penis. An Italian penis is a Pino. Like, I don't know. And it, it took yes, me a while before to, like, they ever kind of show a like dodge.
1: this store. They are just talking about it cuz there's a commercial on TV or something, but it's, it's never like spelled out. You don't see the signage or anything and they're like No. They keep talking about going to Pedo's toy store and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and, and on, they're like, "Oh, pedo's. business, business has been tough for for Pedo's." I'm like, <laughs> "Why the fuck would that be? That's a real mystery, <laughs> Jesus Christ." <Yeah. laughs> this Can is name a
2: toy store, Pedo. This is such a, a Brian <laughs> Usner touch though. That again, just that that concept like the High concept Pinocchio reference, and then the rest of the movie is just absolute just nonsense, half, <laughs> half gibberish. And, and this one, like like Steve mentioned, is just like it takes a long time to, before it's even vaguely apparent why what anything is happening in this movie. There's a couple of I guess killer toy attacks early on, but there's an enormous amount of this film is just people just kind of hanging out in suburbia chatting. Um, it's yeah. it's
0: peculiar. It's very odd, and it's also one of those horror movies where, like, it stars a lot of children. Like, there's a lot of kids farting around in this movie, and there's parts of it that kind of feel like a kids movie, but it is clearly not. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. I would. There's a kid who uh, he gets some like cursed toy maker rocket skates that seem really cool uh, until they're not. Oh my and god, that god. kid is like the
2: <laughs> ultimate nineties kid. Like, he's got his tracksuit and his rollerblades and his reverse. Fucking uh baseball cap and his he his headphone like his over ear headphones on and stuff like it's absolute time capsule of another era. You know. So you wait, should... why
1: does that kid get the 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 deadly skates anyways? Like The what,
0: garbage picks them.
1: <laughs> okay, so they were
0: meant for the main child. They're meant for the main child.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. This script makes perfect sense. Uh, let's move along.
0: It, it makes very little sense at all. Uh, there's a kid, he's weird about toys and Christmas. He goes to Mickey. Well, Rooney's he's weird about
1: toys at Christmas because his father is fucking murdered by a toy that he received. by <laughs> on a Christmas.
0: toy, yeah, and it's not—it's not, it's not clear if the toy
2: murders him or if he just flails around with the toy raptor in his head so much he accidentally impales himself with a with a poker. It's—I yeah. I don't know if the toy would actually have killed him. It just seems no. To just tug I think his it was head. more
0: of a him problem. <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't want to victim blame too much. Yeah, but a failure for due caution, well. Frankly, I mean so. <laughs> the real question
1: I have about this toy, which is, it, it looks like a Pokemon ball except a evil Santa comes out of it and strangles yeah. you with his spaghetti arms. Um, uh-huh. But the the thing is, presumably the the mother must know how this this all went down right and then later in the film this same exact toy is sitting on her son's shelf I'm like what they keep that they fucking go down to the police station and get I, it out I of the fucking evidence yeah. locker I imagine
2: statistically it's unlikely that a Santa toy is going to kill two members of your family so she probably just thought it was fine <laughs> mm-hmm. you know bring She's it like, back I don't yeah.
1: understand why my son won't sleep in his own fucking room it couldn't <laughs> be because I have the toy that murdered his father sitting on the shelf
0: yeah that's like getting mauled to death by Cujo, and you're like, "I think we should adopt him. He needs a loving home." <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It makes a lot of sense. Everything is this in this the film movie in makes it,
2: tons of sense. This film is inadvertently about forgiveness. I guess she forgives the toy and brings it back into the fold. Um,
0: yeah. What well, you know? Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. It's it's about forgiveness and like wanting a mommy and and then wanting to fuck your mommy that's, that's oh yeah, really yeah that's m-
2: my main note for this film is i just wrote down preeminent milf cinema mm-hmm. and i think that's it's that's really game. what the movie is is all about basically uh the the mom everybody's looking at the mom everybody wants wants in on the mom and uh mm-hmm. you know i think that's wonderful she has a young boy but you know they're not they're not deterred no she's still she's still got it 100 yeah. and they they are they're everybody's just trying to get get it with her and i think that's beautiful
0: Mm -hmm. if you're wondering why we're kind of like dancing around exactly what this movie is because it's impossible (laughs) to pin down i challenge anyone tell me what this fucking movie is about because i i i don't know i honestly don't know it's about
1: pinocchio he has a fucking father but his father is a fucking drunken Mickey Rooney so you know what he really wants is a mommy and apparently his solution is that he needs to kill this uh, this child so he can supplant him in the family structure and become mm-hmm. the uh, son of, of this, uh, this Sarah Quinn uh, you know okay. and it's take up a life in suburbia
0: so it's kinda like a it's it's like a Pinocchio meets Highlander. That's our elevator pitch. Is that what you're you're saying? You know, there I can don't be only know one. Where
1: immortality really factors into the
2: whole thing. But.
0: <laughs> he's a fucking robot. Of course he's immortal. But it's a, I mean, you know, there could only be one child. He has to kill the other child. That's just how we, it should, works. we
2: should probably clarify the robot. Is is Joe Petto, played by Mickey Rooney, his son, Pino, is it, it is revealed later on, is is uh, actually a, a genderless uh, robot. That who works. Yeah. Again, he's he's an incredibly advanced, successful robot, which I think rules out our whole Elon Musk thing. If if Pinot was yeah. made by Elon Musk, he would have probably just fucking burned I, down I like his father's how, store. I like how you said he accident. works
0: because to <laughs> talk, I mean because like he actually like functions as a robot, but the way you say like, he works. No, you know, like I, I, you know, he's he's in the store, he's actually working, like he's not a fucking layabout uh you know, he has a job. Pinocchio. He does. Yeah, yeah he, he has a his father job. out. Yeah,
1: if if Elon Musk would probably design him to look much like Pino does with these like horrible doll joints and like a fucking shambling body, you know, that would be his (laughs) ideal design. I think
0: Elon Musk would. I mean, okay, Elon Musk would never do this because as we know, he's got 14 children and he spends zero time with any of them. Like his whole thing is like, I need to spread my seed, but then disown all my children. Uh, It would be interesting
2: to see if you could make a robot that would hate you. Um, that, and I think he could. I think it's within his grasp.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think a good way to do that, if there was a formula for making a child that hates you, I think uh, step one: be Elon Musk. Step two: impregnate Grimes. Step three: name your kid like T One Thousand or whatever the fuck he did. <laughs> but that, that seems like a really good way to like get your kid made fun of and have him resent you.
2: Well, it's probably a step above Pino yeah (laughs) this is like a wine he's he's coming of age i don't don't know yeah that's the first thing i thought a wine this this film is like so i mean adam i think we're swapped a little on this one because i quite enjoy Mm -hmm. silent night deadly night 4 you did not enjoy that one at all this one i think you enjoyed it pretty well i Found This this one's a bit of a struggle for me, and I think it's a great mm. finale with uh, an hour and 20 minutes of movie before it. That's kind of like the setup for it, but you seem to enjoy the, the preamble a little more than I did. I
1: did, because uh, there's two factors here.
2: The factor one, the Rooney factor,
1: which every right. time he was on screen, he was like fucking just demolishing everything no was, disagreement he, there just...
2: he he is doing some face acting here that is absolutely spectacular also we might mm-hmm. note um if there is a possibility that he didn't know this was a silent night deadly night movie when he agreed it was it was going <laughs> yeah. under just the title the, the toy maker Fucking apparently when, it's to sleep, yeah, when it was originally <laughs> so he may not have known that he was a stinking hypocrite So, yeah, yeah, the whole everything
1: surrounding him and his character and the fact that the toy store is called pedos, (laughs) it's all gold. Um, And then this movie, the other factor that I think kept me engaged through the slow parts is that they at least like hand waved it like a mystery. They're like, oh, who's this fucking guy lurking around? Like, who is doing any of this? Like, are we going to answer that? yeah in the last like fucking five minutes of the movie but in the meantime you'll just be hanging out flapping in the wind but there's at least like kind of a it engages your brain in trying to solve what the fuck is going on in a way where where uh four was kind of like yeah i immediately know what's going on they're trying to fucking uh, turn this woman into lilith
2: in <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this and this movie we mentioned again this is uh we talked about like last episode brian a directed part four and afterwards he, he apparently felt a little bad about forgetting to put christmas in the christmas horror movie so this one was mm. like he, he's only a producer here martin kit rosser is the director uh who apparently went on to a thriving career as like as uh, tarantino's like go-to guy like i pr- i can't remember what he does with tarantino but he's like he's worked with him in almost all of his movies so uh you know so probably gets probably pays more than uh directing Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. But, uh, he's Yusano a script supervisor. Script
1: I supervisor, I guess, supervisor. that's it. And he had, previous to this, he had, he's established. He wrote several Friday the 13th sequels, oddly you enough. Know. Oh, there you go.
2: Okay, I didn't I didn't realize that. So, you know, we um, used to produce this, and I think you know, he's, he's on record as stating that he felt bad about forgetting Christmas. So this was, like, his attempt to make it more Christmassy, which is hilarious because it's still shot in, like, the baking sun of California. There's not a snowflake in sight they do have santa in there i mean i guess but it's it's kind of like i don't know it's we feel like maybe they could have moved it back to utah like back to the first movie like get a little bit of a Christmassy feel um but i guess you know they just they didn't feel the need to so it's pretty much just like um clint howard in a uh santa suit because he shows up again still named ricky not the same guys in part four. Not the same Ricky as in parts <laughs> one and two and three. Uh, just, but he's back again, smoking a cigarette and talking about how hot the the mom is. Everybody's in for the mom, so it's 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 definitely got a selling point. I just feel it's a little slow, and I think you're right. Like that, one of the the there is a mystery, and it is just kind of wrapped up right at the end, just completely. But it's a little disjointed and slow, and there's no real. There's no real goal to solving it. It's just someone's trying to kill the boy and there's a weird kid and you just kind of know he's involved. So, like the weird toy maker is involved uh, and it's not even really a and the, major and surprise. The weird,
1: there's also a weird veteran hanging outside their house. At
2: all. Yeah, he's doing like his whole Sean or like Michael Bean and Terminator thing. Like I, that's what I was wondering. is like mm-hmm. he was going to come in. But no, it just turns out that they're like an old flame and they just they have a, an, a surprisingly long sex scene. There's there's a, a dual sex scene in the middle of this film where it cuts between two different couples having sex and it goes on longer than I thought it would and I don't like and it's not even like like there's no nudity or anything it's pretty chaste but it just continues rolling. Um really stirring powerful thing this movie just creeps over the 90 minute mark i think actually probably doesn't like 85 minutes um and you know if they remove the sex scene it'd probably be about 78 minutes so you know well i, I mean guess. the <laughs> other half of
1: that sex scene is where things really get uh, toyetic i guess which is is my yes. major gripe with this film is uh you know this is a movie called the toy maker and uh the thing i don't like about it killer toys <laughs> fuck that mm. it, it often it I mean it's kind of cool in the intro the weird spindly Santa ball but like the big climax scene where these toys are just killing people again for ambiguous goddamn reasons I don't know why this army of toys is assaulting uh, babysitter and boyfriend it, it's really not it doesn't make any sense when you parse it but uh, this it, is what happens and uh it looks like shit. It's literally like I owned the T-Rex that that, that was on the floor there. It, it was a dino rider. Uh, you know, it, there's not any effort. These are not even really movie effects. It's just like fucking action figures on fishing line, like <laughs> waving mm-hmm. around the room. And I'm like, OK, how about we just go back to Mickey Rooney
2: screaming?
0: <laughs> it's, well, you know, I, I, I do like at the end, right before the toys attack. Uh, it it does touch on one of the few consistent things that, that you will find in the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Uh, we talked previously about weird flashbacks or just like strange insert shots from previous films that are disconnected from anything else. And uh, the other thing that's pretty consistent is uh, children traumatized by watching adults have sex, which yeah. uh, happens, uh, I, I think the movie basically opens with a kid watching his parents fuck and yep. then his dad dies, and then at the end he's uh, he's basically sandwiched by fucking adults, you know, like literal adults fucking. So, uh, yeah, that's fun. We love that. Good.
2: It has a constant theme. It's it's you know a, a touching coming of age tale. It is. Uh, that's you know. how you
0: grow up. <laughs> it's what
2: happens when when you're your mom's milf. It's just it's gonna yeah. happen.
1: Oh, there's yeah. Sorry, also kid, that you got uh, a hot mom. We also have the uh don't forget this is Brian Yisnan Screaming Mad George where one of the toys is inexplicably <laughs> A larva.
0: <laughs>
2: yes, leftover. That's,
0: that's called being smart with your money. What What are you gonna to do? Be, you gonna throw away all these amazing screaming mad George effects, or just like shove them in a fucking warehouse? No, use them again. Sorry, sorry, have you Adam, are, Nothing. From are you not gonna,
2: Are you not gonna have a little girl on Santa's lap specifically ask for a VHS copy of Bride of Reanimator? Are you not gonna do it? <laughs> a girl do that? does that in this movie. That's that's there. And you're
1: asking me why I thought this was better than four i think we've answered yeah, okay. that question. okay As i mean i take
2: i take certain yeah i mean a, a little bit it's just like you say the toy effects kind of suck it, it does feel like they were really holding everything back for the finale and the finale reveal is pretty great like <laughs> it really it's wonderful and it's costume just, like the, the 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 puppet costuming thing is absolutely deranged piece of design
0: it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> so yeah that, that is it's it's great I, well and the other thing is is like you know Nothing good happens, really, other than Mickey Rooney being on screen uh, uh, until about an hour. in. It's just a lot of shambling about. And then all the the ultraviolence kicks in and you go, you know what? Uh, that was that was pretty good. I think they're probably going to pull it together here in the end. And they do pull it together, but in ways that you did not think were possible. You're not ready to watch a robot hump a woman and scream mommy. You're you're not ready for, as Jack said, the the reveal of of what this robot man is. And my favorite part is like this little comedy bit that he does in the midst of this grotesque reveal where she's like, what are you? And he's just like, well, I'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He's like pointing at like wires and shit. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. It's it's really great stuff. Solid ending to a trash movie.
1: Uh, um, it is. It is a great ending, and uh, I don't know. This is it a trash movie? Yeah, but uh, it it's the trash movie I can get behind. If you want like a sleazy Christmas movie, this will do. Uh, as opposed <laughs> to four,
2: where you'd be like, "What?
1: I thought I asked for a sleazy Christmas movie." <laughs>
2: It, yeah, it does have a little I, more, more Christmas. Christmas it does have that. It's mm. got some other fun little little details too. One of the thing's I like is we got a little bit of footage of the Rambo cartoon. Good old little blast mm. from the past there. Also, I was very confused in that scene because the little it's it's uh, our main character. She has a son and only a son, and yet it looks like he's sitting in the room watching Rambo cartoon. I think behind him are like two big like easy big oven toys. And I'm not sure how a household with one child ends up with, like, two of those. And a boy in the, like, early 90s getting in not one, but two easy-bake oven kind of things is a interesting setup. I, I'm just wondering if they maybe got a discount somewhere for, for the, the set design or something. All very peculiar. But anyhow, you know, it's I uh, maybe maybe it's a comment on this boy's feminine uh, side creeping in with, you know, losing his father and so on. And, and his, his fear of many things it could be who knows um that's it's that until a man has a larva toy Drive down his drive down his throat and then pluck his eyes out, uh, while he crashes the car uh, you, in a shockingly long and
1: meandering <laughs> scene, <laughs> where he picks the toy off his lap approximately seventeen times and throws it, is, it in the backseat.
2: It really does feel like in the early parts of like it's weird. it's not just that like it takes a while to get like the really good stuff. It really feels like they are padding a good chunk of this film just kind of like get it over you know into the feature length category. Um, but you know, I mean, it's nothing you haven't seen before, but yeah, the, the scenes do tend to tend, tend to ramble, uh, on some occasions. Mm. Yeah. Sailing. And it doesn't pull mm. off.
1: Like it, it goes for some scares. Like we're supposed to think Pino sneaking around their house is is threatening and the camera's like zipping around or it fakes out that the kid's dead on the ground. And you're like, yeah, this isn't, no. This isn't what this movie is, guys. No one this no. fucking thinks that the kid's dead on the ground, it's, and your villain is ridiculous. And that's fine. Let's just get down to it. Let's. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I it's something about the mystery. If I watched it again, I would like it much less. I'll say that because it was just like <laughs> it was perplexing. I was like. Wait, who is the... Ba- what the fuck does Mickey really have to do with any of this? Is this... Is this vet? Just- he keeps saying sinister things like, Hey, the toy's gonna murder your son. I hope you enjoy it. I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy's clearly a red herring. Why are you giving him this dialogue that's just like completely goddamn unnatural and insane? And, yeah, so the whole movie you just kind of spend going, I have no goddamn idea what is happening. And that... Uh, It engages the mind. That's all I'll say.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of really weird setups in this, like the the vet guy trying to be Santa so he can get the boy to sit on his lap so he can talk to the mom because, like I say, they were they were old lovers or whatever. It's just and that's that segues into like there's not enough Clint Howard in this movie, which is a complaint you can make about a lot of movies. I mean, Schindler's mm-hmm. List also Most does not movies. have enough Clint Howard in it. Doesn't have nope. any, and that's a damn shame. Yeah, uh, you ever
0: think about like Schindler's List, but like the only person who wears red is Clint Howard? What
2: a movie. Like, like, would you not... What a movie. Would you not be entertained by that? I think I think we can all mm-hmm. agree that we would. In this one, he's great. He's just like, he's a mall Santa. He's smoking and swearing and, you know, talking about the kids, moms and stuff. And then then he disappears. But he is named Ricky, apparently. So that's really important. That's part of the lore now. <laughs> part of the lore. You gotta well, have someone Ricky, named Ricky. Does Ricky the homeless man die in
1: part four? I don't believe he does, does he? I...
2: I don't recall actually
0: what happens like to him. I mean, he's stabbed a lot. What? Yeah, like, maybe he could be dead. If anything, he know. had a yeah. He could be dead. I mean, if if you're a, a homeless guy who eats like bug covered burgers off the street. Uh, even well, if you've got the basic employment from m- the mall Santa,
2: Claus. yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I, I'm just thinking: I, Would you hire a man who looks like Clint Howard as your mall Santa no, for anything? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> for any, I mean, it's great. I love the way we have Ron Howard, who's just like was uh, the every you know boy next door, all American lad in in happy days, and then went on to a thrilling career making uh, about a decent movie every. 15 years or so and many not decent movies in between that. Uh, and then his brother is just like a uh, just decidedly, just freakishly odd looking guy who absolutely could not exist in any other industry except acting because he's just, he's got a face that has to be on the screen because it can't be anywhere mm-hmm. else. Like, you couldn't go to a restaurant and... And like go up to order the counter and <laughs> fucking Clint Howard looking back at you like it wouldn't work. It's it would be absolutely unthinkable. You couldn't you're go fucking, in to do your the taxes. The waiter D is Mickey Rooney and you're, the waiter is fucking Clint Howard. <laughs> right, like, you know, restaurant closed. Imagine you go in to do your get your taxes done. You sit down. It's Clint Howard on the other <laughs> side. Like absolutely insane, unimaginable. He has to be on the big screen. He is. He just mm. he cannot be anywhere else. And he's just not in this movie enough. Unfortunately, it's just like a little a little kind of like, you know, throwback. I'm I just enjoy that by the time we get to five, and this is the last of like the official franchise title or like the, the main numbered franchise entries in this thing, that they're just doing the throwbacks, but I it feels like they don't even know who or why they're doing it, it's just like, it is almost like an ancient lore at this point. It's just like, <laughs> why, why is he named Ricky? So it's just always been that way. No, and you know, which is really funny considering three, four and five were made in three year period, you know, they were just mm-hmm. like, shout out so quickly. And yet they see, there seems like there's some kind of arcane link between them that they've, that time has forgotten, which is mainly just, I guess they just, <laughs> you know, we Ricky's a name I thought of, I'm writing the script real quick, we need to get this thing out the door and, you know. Well, I think of a second name. He's just everyone's Ricky. They should name every guy no, in the movie I, Ricky.
0: I I think it's I mean it's the way that this franchise endures. I say that, and then of course after five it it, it doesn't anymore. <laughs> but not it. Uh, I I just I always think about you know the uh, the end of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street six. Uh, Freddy's dead. We're we're always where, thinking about the end of that. Uh, constantly, it's it's running through my mind. But he's got that great line where. You know, because the, the whole plot of that movie is he's basically, like, he's murdered every child. There's no kids left. It's all fucked up. And uh, yet you get to this point where he says, I don't, I don't even need to be here. Every town's got an Elm Street. And you know what every town also has? It's got a fucking Ricky. I know at least three. Okay? You know, it's it, there's always a Ricky around the corner. Uh, so, That's remember that.
1: that. Can I just point out, it's a little strange for me, the casting of these sequels in that uh, Three and four kind of both make a point to like uh, cast like a capital B babe, like th- these really distinct, striking uh, female leads for whatever reason. It's it's not in keeping with the first two films, but that that's the choice they made. They're going this like sort of final girl route, you know. That's that was the fashion at the time. And this movie is the only one of the bunch that's overly concerned with the, the sexual appeal of of its primary character. that's kind of the whole thing it's just it's the milf cinema as jack would say, and yet mm-hmm. they cast a, a very sort of not that there's anything wrong with this lead, but she's got a very much like sort of a a uh, girl next door, like every woman sort of look, rather than this sort of striking path they've taken with these other films. It just, especially considering they brought back the woman who was the lead in the last film. It's yeah. like, if you want the character to be, like, irresistible to all male characters, it, it just seems like a strange... <laughs>
2: No, I, think, yeah. I think they're fully channeling the power of the MILF. She's just, you know, she's just a good looking lady with a kid. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's this this I think travels internationally. I think any country in the world you would show Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, you go anywhere in the world. I'm sure sure missionaries must do this and outreach the great American culture to other countries. Uh, you know, everyone just go like, oh, yeah, no, I get, I get it. We all know. You know, we all know. <laughs> And that's it's yeah, beautiful. Well,
0: and and I, I do agree, like bringing back the girl from four, uh, who I think out of all of the uh, the leading women of the Silent Night, Deadly Night series, I, she, I think she's probably the hottest. But she's she simply does not have the MILF energy. It's not. There. No, and that's no. That's not it's, what she is. She's never missed a day of her birth control. OK, she's she's on top of it. She doesn't want kids. She's an she, independent woman. She's she trying to become a fucking reporter. She does a child
2: reporter. in this movie. That might be worth pointing out. That the character she has the what irritating next door boy yeah, who gets his. But, but
0: she doesn't. She doesn't want him. For she sure. clearly doesn't want. No, him.
2: no, hundred percent. No, she couldn't sell. I think it's really funny that she just shows up again. Again, as a weird throwback, not the same character. We, uh, Brian Yuzna, I think, said that he. Um, He feel like he brought her back just because he felt so bad about all the shit he put her through on four. So he just (laughs) gave her like an easy role, like just easy work. Just she did a couple of scenes. She just has has a couple of lines she doesn't have to like get greased up and goop and naked <laughs> um so <laughs> thrown in a meat locker Shit.
1: no one <laughs> no one raped her uh, she didn't have to get within 50 feet of fucking clint howard you know that's
2: yeah and yeah. i mean that's that's what every actress is looking for i'm sure but no <laughs> 100 percent. She, she's she's around she's, clint howard. i mean i don't know i think you could have an amazing spin-off tv show of this neighborhood you know like you know like desperate housewives like too and just you know lean in more on it and have you know these two women find a few more put them in there and have you know they're all worried about their children but they're also you know those men pursuing them it could be a whole could be a whole thing Mm -hmm. it'd be great milftown yeah i gotta say
1: i'm i'm more of a a part three man once again i the samantha scully's got that that big gen x energy uh that that I, i i go that route personally
0: you you just you just like her because she's blind, so you could be when she you go on a date with <laughs> so her. So she she's doesn't like, have oh, to look
1: at my grotesque ass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh well. People say I look like Brad Pitt, and I know you don't <laughs> know who that is, but he's like really good looking if you ask around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, it's definitely, that's definitely that... gonna fly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's different <laughs> energies. I mean, like like part three, yes, yeah, has has her and has Laura Herring, and you know that's that's like a whole. Mm-hmm. Whole other, whole other catalog of of a female archetype, you know. So yeah, it spreads the wealth. I think it's beautiful. Uh, part one and two mostly of nuns. So you know, they're they're yeah. they're bringing yeah, well, it. Out. They're doing more stuff. Yet. That's no, why we I don't know that. We don't know if it was a nun. They didn't ever actually make that clear in part one. It's just they're they're in an orphanage fucking. We don't know. Yeah. Who what fuck do you call? What do
0: you call one of those junior nuns? Like you know the uh, the real mousy nun and in, in Sister Act. That every that we find out she's got a really big, beautiful voice. What what do you, what do you call that? Oh, a I'm nun a little entrainer. too
1: removed from the faith, Steve. I, I don't recall what a, what a <laughs> nun it, trainee it,
2: is. It say. might just be called a novice. Uh, that might be it, but I don't know. But mm. you know, I think that's that. That could be worth checking out. We might. Uh, might, yeah, out. Yeah, might we should, just, that we should we should do a Patreon bonus episode on that topic, just for where we categor we categorize all the nuns we can think of. yeah
0: that'd be great oh you nailed it man it's it's fucking novice yeah that's you you got it uh there's also a there's a pre-novice as well what is that just a really
1: fucking got us down a a fruitful path of discussing which lead of silent night deadly night sequels (laughs) is the hottest babe i I, I didn't yeah (laughs)
0: yeah, it's we were just talking about it's about about like Casting for milf them, like what does that mean? Right, it's, it's much more deep and philosophical. Than I mean, what you're yeah, I, at I'm that.
2: more about yeah. The archetype of the MILF is what we're discussing yeah. here. You lowered the tone by bringing I, back how I you I just take like full part responsibility.
1: three. I have taken full responsibility for this discussion, and, and that is why I'm taking full responsibility for moving the discussion <laughs> to something that must, in fact, be discussed, which is Silent yeah. Night, 2012. A film that is uh, purportedly a remake of the original film, but in fact seems to have virtually nothing to do with it. but uh, it yeah,
2: exists. I don't, I don't know No Steve, no either. this shit Milf out. Limf. This is, what the hell is this <laughs> thing?
0: Listen, the whole thing is, is I, you know, I, I was thinking, well, just the fifth movie alone can't cover a full podcast, but we've almost done it, uh, thanks to our fruitful MILF discussion where, you know, Myros decides that the woman from Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 is like a fucking five alarm smoke show fire inside of a. I I mean, she
1: clearly is. Watch the damn movie. I t- it's a- it's well, a- she
0: can't. So I guess I will. Anyway, she's not actually uh,
2: blind, Steve.
0: It's <laughs> a movie. She's really bad you don't know. Man. You
2: don't know what she's been up to. Something could have happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what if what if she like looked at an eclipse without those special glasses?
2: <laughs> she it could have been standing. She could have been standing near a Tesla when it went up. You have no exactly. idea. All she I'm saying no is she's got clue.
1: those steely Malcolm McDowell eyes that you just want to look into. There, you know. So let's uh, let's talk about his role in this film. <laughs> let's this let's classic talk about film. let's talk
0: about the number one milf in all these films, which is Malcolm McDowell. And I know what you're thinking. He's not a mom, and uh, he he. Yeah, he he's a Malcolm
1: I'd like to
2: fuck. He's a Malcolm <laughs> I'd like to fuck. Exactly, number one. Maybe more
0: fuckable, Malcolm. It's not that one in the in the middle, you little Frankie Muniz freaks. No, it's Malcolm McDowell. Uh, this is good because one of my favorite things about Malcolm McDowell is um, every great actor gets down on his luck, and and you know maybe he does a few projects he's not so proud of. And Malcolm McDowell uh, certainly was down on his luck for three fourths of his career, I would say. Uh, <laughs> Is he he
2: down on his look or he just doesn't care? I I feel like it might be impossible
0: to say. Like, is it is it a thing where it's just like Nicolas Cage just likes to spend money and he likes to be an actor. So he does everything. Maybe uh, maybe he's difficult to work with. I don't know. But at some point, Malcolm McDowell would do like anything for like twenty dollars and some decent catering. And this seems to be one of those movies. And you see him in the beginning. Where the like the first time you encounter Malcolm McDowell in Silent Night, which is again allegedly a, a a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. The first time you encounter him, he's the police chief and he's having a phone conversation with our protagonist. And it's just kind of cutting back and forth between them. And you go, Oh, he's not in a room with anyone. So I thought, okay, this is it. We're gonna get like one phone call from Malcolm McDowell. That's the cameo. We slapped him on the cover of the DVD or whatever, and and that's it. But no, he plays a prominent role, and he is full on fucking fucking Malcolm McDowling in this. No one is McDowled harder than he is in this film. This perplexing uh, stuff. It's wonderful. He's playing a small town sheriff in in the Midwest somewhere, and yet he's got this perfect like Shakespearean diction doing the fucking King's English with a yeah. a. a just there's, a clear he's got, accent. He's
2: got a little twang on it, just like it's, That's just it. he's trying Every to work like it
0: in. 20 to 30 words. He stops and he goes, i do a little Midwestern here. Just a little bit of American. See, like he just <laughs> sprinkles it in.
1: My question isn't even why did McDonald take this? Because he got paid, I'm sure. He you could ask yeah. that about everything he's ever done. But my question is, okay, we probably have like X budget to get some Known actor to sell this movie. Why the fuck when they they had this script would they have thought of Malcolm McDowell? He's like the worst casting choice for this fucking character. He's like it's, the gruff terrific. sheriff who's had enough and wants to take matters into his own hands in his yeah. midwestern. No, they, and it's they were
0: like, like, they're like, who has worked with both Stanley Kubrick and Albert Pune? And the answer is Malcolm <laughs> McDowell. That's the guy we <laughs> he need. Just,
1: he just does not fit this character at fucking all. It's just like. It's such a weird miscast, like. But whatever, at least I get to watch Malcolm McDowell instead of re- the rest of this wretched fucking movie.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it really like he is—he is the only thing that keeps this from being absolute drek beyond drack. I,
1: I think it d- is, uh, Donald logue can get a little shout. I thought his character was yeah. like kind of fun and really about not the enough though. Yes, I mean, he is he's mm-hmm. when oh he's my. not on the on screen, you're like, why isn't he like
2: the the lead this or something. Yeah. Like what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> anything yeah, would have helped it, it, this this movie has there's a lot wrong with this movie and uh, not least of all the fact that it's very dubious in that it's a remake or any kind of continuation mm-hmm. of the franchise but um, not only do we have Malcolm McDowell giving it an insane performance in a weird cast role and a totally generic lead character who's just the, the female deputy who's got some like PTSD she's a little bit shaken up she's got to you know find her find her inner inner strength to, to overcome this situation uh, everyone else knew he more to her, Jack. Oh well, you know some some stuff didn't. I, I don't remember. I you know that's because they don't <laughs> fucking tell you any goddamn yeah. thing. No, that
1: happens. You. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's true. You like, your brother.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of problems. I was just gonna say that my main problem with this movie, and we'll probably swing back to it several times. So, is it just looks like ass? It is awful looking. It's from like that that like 2012, which I think was just like. Around the time where like digital color grading like took over completely, mm-hmm. and as so,
0: foretold in the Mayan calendar, right?
2: Yeah, and and they just realized <laughs> that they could just absolutely fuck up every film just immeasurably in post. They could just swing the sliders everywhere. It's just it starts like out looking like. Like it's just like uh, the film equivalent of someone who's never been touched by the rays of the sun. Everything's like deathly pale and flat, mm-hmm. and then it just starts going into like weird primary colors uh, constantly. But like everything's just shadowy, but like like not interesting shadows. Just everything's just really dark, and it's just it just looks like ass the whole way through. It just it just looks like. Honestly, you know, if they wanted to make this better, they should have, like, shot it with, like, a, a camcorder from the time or something and shot on digital and made it really look, like, really look like, like, it should look like Inland Empire or something. Like, that would at least have been something. It just looks like a movie that couldn't afford lights. And that's all it is. Yeah. Boy, it, 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 whatever there odd. was,
1: I'm glad they couldn't afford more lights because the way they treat those lights is uh, just a uh, fucking travesty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, you love those the light source, square. Square. The light source on the
1: screen creates a uh, uh, a huge horizontal uh, flash across the entire frame the, the whole time it's on screen and often mm. there are maybe seven or eight light sources on screen and it's just fucking
2: slices with 100%. all these lens flares yeah it is a, it absolutely has the energy of like someone trying to like spruce up a powerpoint presentation <laughs> by putting in like increasingly elaborate transition mm. animations it's like they just discovered the lens flare button and it's the director is just, just like really make it bigger
0: like if I had out my my late aughts, early twenty tens bingo card for shitty movies, th- this is covering the whole fucking thing. Because yeah, we've got the uh, the the color grading, which is is amazing because it's just like oh god, like this we we went super high contrast in in these earlier scenes, so now let's do the exact opposite and that'll balance it out, right? No, it doesn't fucking work like that. Ah, uh, so it goes from completely blown out to just dark shit. Uh, everything looks flat and lifeless, as you mentioned. It's got the the weird like digital sheen that makes everyone look smooth and inhuman. Uh, it's got the aforementioned lens flare. And then uh, my favorite thing at some point during this time period, I don't know who it was, but someone started telling low budget filmmakers, you know what? you don't need a tripod. That's an expense that is just too much <laughs> for your low budget film just just fucking hold that thing and when you're not holding it just fucking kick it around a little just kick it around and then the other thing they do too which is super annoying and I, I, sometimes i wonder if like you know the adobe suite is to blame for all the problems during this era but like they they do the thing like the uh like the digital jutter removal which actually just makes it all look worse because they use too much of it because their shit was too shaky uh it it's It's horrible. It's so fucking horrible. Everything is just nauseatingly shot. Uh, Well, that's
1: okay. The script's great, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no, no. That's it's not. That's not the case either. That's what I want to discuss because it's
1: baffling to me. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, one hundred percent generic arts thing, right? Like, but so you, you, there's plenty of those, right? You, you could sit down and watch them. Really, if you look at the archetype of. The slasher, especially in the modern era, it adds in... Uh, a lot of times you'll see more of a sort of rampaging, uh, ultra-violent uh, revenge movie, almost. Uh, mm-hmm. Something where the killer has been set off and is going to get his vengeance. Or you get a traditional, uh, you know, Jalo-influenced, whodunit structure to your slasher. One of these two things. But what if you had... Both at the same time, and also neither. And they have the, the a perfectly fine setup. They have this town full of Santa Clauses, and they're trying to hunt down the right Santa Claus. But we immediately know as an audience that this character is not, like, a character... The killer is not a character in the film. It, it is immediately established. There's, no, there's not going to be any reveal. It's just a guy... On a fucking killing spree, there, there's no real possibility that it could be any of the characters introduced. It make it would make no sense. Um, so you you lose your mystery element immediately. So what you need is, I, I guess, there must we're gonna get. We need to know why this guy has snapped, why he's on a rampage, why he's targeting the people he's targeting, and they shot that scene. Ah, uh, and they didn't edit it into the beginning of the movie. <laughs> they just tacked it on, like, basically like a fucking stinger scene that told you why anything in the the entire goddamn movie was happening, what connected this deputy to this uh, this crime at all? Like, uh, we're trying to do, like, a a Silent Night, Deadly Night, Naughty or Nice thing, but there's no... We know nothing about the killer. We know nothing about his victims for the most part. It starts off like, oh, he's killing pornographers. He killed... uh, I, I don't know. Uh, having uh, an, an adulterous girl? affair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and,
2: and, and a, a rude teenager.
1: Right, yeah. But, but he set up these cameras, I guess, in their homes, so he knows that they've been naughty. Um, but then he just kills, like, the mayor. He kills, like, this nice old man who's the deputy's... Uh, a father and you're like why why is any of this happening like what's w- w- were they naughty what's so naughty they seem to be doing a fine job like uh, what what's happening and he goes on a rampage in the police station and i'm like oh he's after donald log that foul mouthed nasty santa it's like no he's just out to kill all the cops and i mean sure cops are naughty and uh, if santa wants to kill him good on him but uh I- this is information we require, and we are given it after
2: the movie is over. Ah, <laughs> it it is an insane choice, and you you have one like. It, were they seriously look back and this and like man, maybe we'll get a sequel out of this? Uh, no, they didn't. That never happened. I don't know why they would. The film sucks. It's not in any way exciting. In part because, like you mentioned, there's just no state. It's just a slasher with a mystery mystery villain. And then everything else, and it's just really quite boring. It, you know, there's, there's no real catch here at all. It is kind of funny that this town just seems to be overrun with asshole Santas. So that's just <laughs> kind of peculiar that that happened. It's a
1: fine yeah. setup, right? Like you should be going, "Oh, is this guy the killer? Is that guy the killer?" I never once said that in my head the entire <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> I never said, no. "I wonder if that guy's the killer."
2: <laughs> there's no question. Also, what's really funny about this movie is it's it's reportedly based on true events. It's inspired by true events because once in california a man dressed in a santa costume murdered a bunch of people in a domestic violence dispute um which is pretty tasteless to claim any kind of association with that but here's the thing about movies no one cares whether or not you're tasteless or not if the movie doesn't suck but the movie (laughs) sucked so now i'm kind of like well this is real bad kind of shitty of you guys too um but that's that's really this whole movie is it's just like it would be a serviceable enough slasher in terms like there's plenty of violence and plenty of gore. It all has that same digital sheen. All the movies of this era did where like they smash someone's head open. It looks just exactly the same. Like you've seen all this like a hundred times before. They even do the impaled on a on a, a deer head thing from the from Silent Night Deadly Night One. They recreate that and it doesn't look anywhere near as cool. No, um, you know. But, but like it's it's it would be an, a serviceable enough slasher if, as Adam said, they just. <laughs> moved one scene to the start <laughs> to set up a thing of, like, oh, we this guy is, like, getting revenge against the town. Uh... Yeah, oops, oops. Who, who could have known? If only there was some kind of precedent, there could have been other films to watch that could have laid out this this structure in some kind of archetypal fashion that could be copied endlessly by other filmmakers.
0: Sadly, I that didn't describe
1: happen. How angry I was when that scene <laughs> rolled at the end of the movie.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and especially because, you know, it. it it is a remake, so if, if only someone would have watched the original film. Think of, think of what could have happened, you know? It's, no one really bothered.
2: I mean, I, this, the whole thing feels like they had the vision of a Santa Claus with a flamethrower, and they figured that was all they needed. And it turns out that's mm-hmm. just not enough. They needed more than that.
1: Well, why pay for the fucking rights to *Silent Night, Deadly Night* and not even
2: then call your movie *Silent Night, Deadly*? I don't know if they did. Like, I don't. Is this official remake? I, I you know, I really have no idea. It might be. It certainly. Well, I mean, they steal a couple scenes wholesale. It's true.
1: That grandpa scene, which again, Mm -hmm. this movie is made by fucking numbskulls. That's true. Why do you have this grandpa scene? Where, you know, in the first movie where the grandpa's like catatonic and he wakes up and he gives this creepy speech about, oh, Santa's the naughty. He's just, you better watch out for him. He's coming. He'll punish you. And basically that is taken verbatim and placed in this movie and delivered to an adult
2: uh, (laughs) who is not a character in the film at all hmm it, it does feel like right. a chunk of this movie does feel like they got like 20 bucks every other day and they had to shoot a scene and then they just had to assemble whatever came from that it's it's got that kind of energy to it but in in, in never a good way there's nothing like chaotically fun or enticing about this movie because like ultimately while it makes these massive mistakes on its script and structure the actual every scene is just like that generic shitty like post-hostel gore fest movie um it, it, of that era digital sheen looks like crap it's like it's an ugly ugly film that also just looks incredibly ugly. Like, it's not, you know, a horror movie can have, like, an ugly, mean-spirited streak and awful violence and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, you shoot it and, you know, people go in and they're interested in it because you're supposed to make that, render that interesting cinematically. This is just... It just looks like absolute shit. It is... You don't want to look at the screen when this film is on. And I found myself just like my eyes would just wander away because I just don't want to look at just mushy nonsense image where, you know, there's just two people in shadow just kind of aim just randomly in a frame. Like, nothing in this just, movie is it is pretty way enticing.
1: God, there's no light bulbs anywhere out of fucking the frame, because otherwise, Jesus Christ, it's all over <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, this this is just, it's a thing. Like, I guess Eli Roth is, like, sort of the presenter for this, like, tone where it's like, yeah, we're doing torture porn, but also there's a bunch of really shitty jokes that don't land, and you're like... What am I supposed to be doing here? Is this is this funny? Is it scary? No, it's not any of these things. It just exists.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the the tone is is like it's very mean-spirited and serious and it's like it's a movie about a man dressed as Santa with a flamethrower. Like it's not that serious. You can't make it that way. Uh particularly, you know, when you you reveal everything at the end to be yeah, it just it just doesn't work at all. It's a. But very... what about
1: the ending, Jack? It's
2: just like Argento. It is. It's very like Argento. It's a shame they they couldn't have figured out that uh, you know a movie like Deep Red opens with the childhood scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, at Argento, he had he had a couple of couple of tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> tricks like. It'll, yeah, it'll, oh, it'll, it'll turn out that Argento actually want to do like a redux cut where he just removes all those scenes entirely and it just makes no sense it's just an old woman in an apartment who murders some people for some reason who knows uh, yeah it's this, it's this movie is absolutely like just it is a joyless mirthless slog of a film and it's an hour and 35 minutes and it feels like it's twice that length And then it ends with this shitty like punk silent night covers like song where they change the lyrics to make it about the movie and it's just like it just sucks ass. It's Gotta like you tell guys you, I missed the song. I I was too busy hitting stop. <laughs> Shut it up. Oh well there you go. Well yeah it has its own theme tune which you know for many a beloved film like Freddy, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff the Freddy's rap, you know, big fan of that. But this is just there's no goodwill here to harvest. This thing just It just just sucks so bad. And I think a large part of it is because the lead actress is just... She has nothing to work with. She is the most just utterly anonymous character. Um, And also, as you say, they removed all kind of... You know motivations for everyone.
1: A, a so. woman whose career is defined by this shit. Like she was in the fucking the Mother's Day remake. She was in the My Bloody Ooh. Valentine remake, which, by the way, uh, is fine. It's, it's a pretty fun movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, but, go, I'll go to bat for My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, yeah. It, it
1: would be better if there was any way to actually view it in 3D. But it's got uh, it's got. Uh, Patrick Lussier was doing some some fun stuff. He he understood what these things needed to be. You need to wheel out Tom Atkins And put him in a Hawaiian shirt And then you got yourself a movie uh, Not fucking yeah. just jam in uh, Whatever random famous person you can Even if they don't fit the role What so fucking ever
2: yeah, I mean my my main takeaway from this is that there's the one scene where they're shooting porn in a hotel, and it's like I don't know what kind of porn they're shooting. It's because it doesn't make any sense because it's the photographers like shouting like "Yeah, you're a dirty girl, whatever." At some topless lady on a bed who's just and you know honestly the lighting in the whole movie is not appropriate for a, any photographic activities. No, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't I think have... they
0: were shooting like a like a clickbait banner ad for porn. <laughs> yeah, it not seems really that porn.
2: yeah, it seems that way. Like none of it. Like and it shouldn't have been done. Like no no. Cat- should have been turned on at any point in the production of this film. They should have just kept it as a theatrical live production. But anyway, I, I was looking into the different actresses and uh, Courtney Palm is the name, I believe, of the actress who's, who's you know, the, the topless girl who ends up running around the place a lot and getting ultimately murdered. And I found out that she is in a TV show called uh, like The Vegan Chicks or something. And uh, I just I, I honestly immediately I don't know what it is. It claims it's a sitcom about two vegan girls and it's stars two vegan girls. And I, I gotta say it looks like absolutely just awful, and yet I really wished that I could just start watching that instead of continuing with this film. And I think that really says something. Uh I also was wondering if Vegan Alert Girl knows about the vegan chicks. Um but uh that's further research.
0: Ooh. Yeah. I also wonder if, like, maybe that would change, if she knew about that and, and was familiar with their work, would that change her opinion of this movie? Do you think she'd have a higher opinion of it? I, you uh, know, I don't although, know. How does this
2: score on the vegan scale, do you think? Are any animals killed
1: in the making of
0: this? I don't know. You I don't know, know, they know they I don't. have no idea. No, but, but, I mean, does anybody have, like, dinner at any point or, like, a glass of milk? or? Uh, there's, That's there's true. Problems. I mean, they oh, drink yes, Santa, beer they put on milk point. for
1: Santa. Uh, yeah, milk yeah, for and Santa. And cookies,
0: which are made with butter. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I. The thing is, though, this is one of the rare movies where where Vegan Alert hasn't seen it. So uh, usually when I when I go on a letterbox to log something, uh, her review is the one thing I can count on in life. But it didn't didn't have one for this one. Not a lot of people have watched this film. Do you find that hard to believe, Myros?
1: I, I. Uh, God bless them. Uh,
2: their lives are better for it. <laughs> Yeah. It is not a movie anyone should should ever have to look at. I mean, it, probably turn away from the TV and just let the audio roll over you. At least whoever recorded that did a reasonably competent job. I mean, the yeah, reviews this, this like the new...
1: IMDb reviews are like surprisingly like okay, like oh, ah, it's a good time. It's like no, what the fuck? Yes, fucking, fucking watch IMDb. older movies, people! You dumb
0: fucking morons. This this has all the energy and, and execution of like a, a two thousand twelve Steven Seagal film. If you want like a good like <laughs> parallel or, or something something that you've definitely seen that isn't good, uh, but you want to know what this movie like what kind of feelings it evokes, that's it. That's it. You you've seen like a thousand of these before. It's it's not worth your fucking time.
1: Metacritic. Fifty three. Uh, that's too high. It should be three. That, that Let's means give it a more, three. More
0: than half yeah just the three please one idiot and then the rest of the world should be sane and, and know that it's trash uh yeah this sucks but hey that's all right we're done now that was it there's no more there's no more silent night deadly night for now for now i'm sure there'll be another remake at some point uh that we can you know revisit or whatever yeah it feels like uh, i what think what that a elijah wood exercise. is
2: gonna get his hands on at some point and remake
0: yeah, he'll, he'll do it he'll do it yeah
1: well Someone's that maniac remake mean, could have been worse right? Uh, it's not as good as maniac but uh well at I, least I don't swam. know.
0: I mean we've had not one but two black christmas uh remakes so oh, Jesus. I feel Let's like not like
1: speak of those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're kind of I, I think it's time for a silent night deadly night renaissance. It's time to bring it back.
1: Well, from the looks of this movie, we could probably get the rights to the goddamn thing. You want to give it a go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? I bet we could get Malcolm McDowell, too. You could probably call him up. We should just (laughs) do
2: Silent Night Redux, where we just buy the rights to this thing, and we move one scene and re-release it, and
0: everyone (laughs) automatically goes, well, it's a little bit improved. What if, okay, so what if we got the rights, and then we took the script to this movie, and then we, we called up Malcolm McDowell, and we sent him the script. Do you think he would actually know that it was the exact same movie that he was going Absolutely to shoot? Absolutely fucking he not. No- he <laughs> said
2: no Just recollection
0: Just imagine you at got all. this
1: stupid, like, Midwest dad dialogue about, like, Oh, you don't want an avocado on your burger? Like, oh god! <laughs> imagine Malcolm McDowell saying this, and it's just no, no. It's it's wrong. Don't do this. Don't don't watch this. Don't make this. If you're considering a movie that involves a uh, a stately British actor uh, saying something about avocados on hamburgers, just let's fucking pack it in. Have a good rest. Uh, light your script on fire. Yeah. Go to hell.
0: I, I just my favorite line in the whole movie is is when Malcolm McDowell is talking about the murder of Santa Claus is that he just goes not in my town like, what, your fucking town what what is your town like Leeds what, where are you fucking from again
1: you need like a Robert Forster or something or, or again get Tom uh, Atkins in there he was still kicking doing well at the time not fucking Malcolm McDowell
0: <laughs> no no that's the wrong choice anyways. Uh, I guess it's time to wrap things up here. So, uh, Myros, what are you putting over this week? Well, your
1: gamer god has returned, and I'm putting over uh, something I'm just digging in on and really enjoying uh, The Witcher 3. It's a next gen release. Wow. Uh, you can okay. enjoy the state of the art, uh, decade old graphics in, in crisp forecast. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> What are you fucking Malcolm McDowell in 2012 playing The Witcher Three?
1: Uh, well, I I knew that the the next gen patch thing was coming, so I I put it off, and uh, yeah, I'm finally diving in, and I'm enjoying it. I'm not that far in, but uh, you know, as as the resident game master, I figured I owed it to to the audience to recommend a game they've surely never heard of or played, uh, The Witcher Three.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let me let me ask you something. I know we talked a lot about milfs here, so let's let's balance things out. Uh, Henry Cavill, uh, famously The Witcher. Sure uh, w- would you take Would you take a bath with him, fully nude, for fifty dollars?
1: Uh, yeah. I, wonder, I mean, am I paying or receiving the money? I,
0: <laughs> I guess it could go either way. I but think yeah. it would go either way. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I love the that's,
2: idea. That's 50- hitting <laughs> up Henry Cavill for fifty bucks. <laughs> She can get, in a, get in a tub with him.
0: I, I, I picture it as like, Myros is like, do you, do you just want to like, you just want to hop in? I'll scrub your back. And he's like, I don't know. Myros is like, I'll give there you 50 are, bucks. Like, All there, right.
2: There are rumors he's difficult to work with. So maybe, maybe this is the yeah. key.
1: Well, maybe you'll do yeah. our silent night, deadly night remake. Uh... <laughs>
0: Yeah, what's, what's he doing? He's he's not Superman anymore, and I think The Witcher got canceled, so uh, it's round about time. No, The he's Witcher not did not get dice.
1: canceled. He's just gone from that as well.
0: Oh, he cancelled himself. I think okay. he, he quit
1: that's... based on the fact that they were bringing back Superman, and then they immediately cancelled Superman again. They so cancelled like, Superman. <laughs> but then
2: it turns out, apparently, he was also being super awkward on The Witcher, and he kept trying to overrule all of the women in production. Apparently, some leaked email. I don't know if that's been authenticated. They were they were claiming he was like constantly making last-minute changes to the script, and like, Had one male writer that he was like teaming up with to try and change everything to fuck over uh, the woman showrunner. So, you know, I mean, I don't know
1: who's making creative decisions on the Witcher Netflix show, but, uh, I got to say, it's not very
2: good. Yeah, either I, I, I got I to gotta say, you know, I think that's shitty if he's like, you know, teaming up against women. That sucks, uh, you know, yes. but at the same time, I also believe that, frankly, everything that Netflix makes could probably be vastly improved by having people actively trying to sabotage it. I think yeah, it's probably, see, maybe he's just yeah. trying
1: to actually make something good at Netflix. and yeah. we're, we're misattributing it. But either way, and, uh, I will not put over the Witcher television program because it's, it's quite bad. I would recommend oh, not you're too watching, busy
0: watching Wednesday. I'm,
1: I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take a pass on that one as well. I think.
0: Does Does anybody have more L's than Netflix? Like, I don't like what do they do that isn't bad?
1: Mike Flanagan, those were usually uh, uh, good staple quality
2: uh, pieces of entertainment, but now he's gone. So sure. they put now Glass Onion in theaters and it was making loads of money, so they quickly removed it from theaters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Smart, smart move. Oh, God. Uh, Jack, what are you putting over this week?
2: Uh, you know, I mean, I I was thinking initially because Adam's looking for game recommendations. I don't know if you've ever heard of a little thing called Minesweeper. Uh, it's a real oh.
1: cut-edge thing. Do you think I'm looking for game recommendations? I'm the gamer <laughs> god, baby. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do you think
0: he knows how to play Minesweeper? Come on. <laughs> That's this is a fair point.
2: I'm I'm torn. Otherwise, because uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm just gonna put over uh, a movie I watched last night, uh, which is called Ostende. I think. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. It's an Argentinian place. Uh, really good film, though. Mm. Uh, from 2011, directed by Laura Citarella. Uh, not seen anything by her before. Really interesting movie. It's about a woman who wins a competition for a week at a hotel. And so she goes to the hotel and it's like off season and it's almost completely abandoned and kind of shitty. And, you know, like the weather is not great and everything. And she just starts noticing... Kind of like she's just hanging around; she has nothing to do, and she starts wondering about, particularly like one kind of seeming threesome—two women and a man who keep kind of hanging out together—and she starts kind of trying to manufacture some kind of a story among them. She's trying to figure out what the deal is, and uh, it's a really great movie. It's it's like a movie that like the script might be like twenty pages for it, but it's all visually just kind of like compartmentalized with it. like a lot of like shifting rack focus and stuff and you know compositional elements to kind of like tease out this kind of story and tension really great movie so Ostende uh, if you can find it i had to steal a copy offline or online rather uh, so you know um hopefully you can find it but um if you can't uh, you know, just try harder, be a better, better person. You got to get the hustle because it's not going to be on fucking Netflix. I can tell you that. That's right.
0: That's right. Uh, Well, this, I think this week I'm going to, I'm going to put over my favorite Christmas song. And uh, I recently discovered this is my favorite Christmas song. I I had never heard it before until I was introduced to it by uh Mr. Stephen Coleman, Optimism Vaccine Contributor. And uh, the name of the song, I'm glad you brought up uh, Spanish, Jack, because the name of the song is Feliz Navidad. Donde Esta esta Santa Claus, (laughs) which I I would describe as uh, one part, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas and one part Feliz Navidad (laughs) by a a gentleman named Augie Rios, um, who... I, I, I don't know who Augie Rios is. It, it could be an actual child who speaks Spanish, or this could just be like a really racist thing. It's hard to tell. It was probably recorded in the 50s. It's fucking weird and also like weirdly catchy. It is probably the dumbest song you will ever hear. Uh, another thing Stephen Coleman introduced me to recently was uh, someone took all of the Alvin and the Chipmunk songs and then slowed them down to 16 beats per minute, and it just sounds like really cool sludge metal. Uh, So I would recommend seeking that out. But I was thinking, uh, Ace Producer Colin, I know you're listening right now. Why don't we end this episode? We're going to end the Christmas season here. And I would like to play Donde Esta Santa Claus by Augie Rios for our beloved audience, but I also don't want to get smacked with like a, a fucking takedown notice. So Colin, I am encouraging you to take this wonderful Christmas tune and slow it down to see if we can create some Augie Rios Donde Esta sludge metal. What do you think? Let's make it happen. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, there's a link in the description. That link will take you to our Patreon page and you can give us money. and And what a Christmas is the season of giving. So why not give to us? Who's more deserving? We're all on the nice list. And if you give to us, we will give back. Uh, you know, for you, you give us a certain amount of money. Maybe Adam Myers will take a bath with you. You don't know. Could it's be possible. Anything's possible. You look like Henry. You got Cameron. a tub. Yeah, your name's Henry Cavill. You got fifty bucks. Just donate. You get a. You get a if free we, bath.
2: If we can get Henry Cavill, we should ask for more than fifty bucks. Come on, guys. You're right.
0: We we probably should. I feel like we're we're gotta we're gotta aim and low on I don't, this. That but
2: man's
1: had hard times. He's been fired from several jobs. It seems. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Like. We'll, we'll cut him a break here and maybe what he needs is like a, just a, a revitalizing dip in the in the warm tub waters with Adam Myros to get his career back I think on
2: if, track. We, if we wet his whistle at 50 bucks we can jack the price up for, for round two.
0: Maybe that's the trick. Yeah. You know there's a lot of talk of wet whistles and jacking here <laughs> to about Discussion uh, about word that. choice. Jang is painting the real picture <laughs> over there. Oh he it's is. all in my he head. Is. But yeah, I, you know, if you donate anything, if Henry Cavill pays $50, not only does he get the bath, but he also gets a free movie from my personal collection. Cause I assume he lives in the continental United States, Hollywood USA, baby. Uh, so yeah, if, if you donate any amount of money to the Patreon, I will send you a movie. Uh, just think of it. Even if you hate us, why not pay a couple bucks and get a free random movie in the mail? That sounds fun. Also, and our, our patrons can attest to this. I said that's some pretty good shit. People have gotten some good shit, so uh, yeah, it's probably not going to suck, or it might suck. You don't fucking know. You got no clue. Uh, on top of that, if you donate at higher levels, geez, if you give us twenty five bucks, you get to pick a whole ass episode, whatever you want. We'll make it happen. Uh, at and if you donate at least five dollars, well, then you get to vote in special episode polls, and I think we're going to do another one of those soon, so you guys get to vote on. Uh, what we choose to do for an episode and also you get your name right out of the air so myros who are our five dollar boys and girls this week
1: uh we have kofax kropotkin cww evan ryan dustin and Paula.
0: what a crew what a crew we love them Uh, now if you don't want to donate money to us uh or henry if you're if you're feeling a little squeezed and you don't think that you got that that bath time cash as we like to say here on the show bath time cash that's okay. You can support us in other ways. Why not give us a follow on Twitter at Optimism Vaccine, the steady mar- march towards 1,000 followers. Uh, Maybe If we get to 1,000 followers and we get the Henry Cavill, we'll probably live stream the bath. How does that sound? Think, think of what you can be contributing towards. Uh, so, yeah, and, and if you want to just send us an email, uh, you want to say hello, you want to yell at us about something, uh, death threats, marriage proposals, what have you, Vaccine at gmail.com is the place to send those. And, uh, yeah, I think that about wraps things up. So we're done with Christmas. Commence the Augie Rios. Donde esta Santa Claus? Vamonos!